Well, another Christmas is in the books. Yep, another one down the drain. And uh, how was your Christmas? That was great. Good. Yeah, had a good time. Kids had a pretty good time. I mean, that's when you're a parent. That's Christmas turns into just enjoying your kids, right? Yeah, you know. And uh, you know, kids had a pretty good time. You saw the air hockey table. That's been a pretty big hit. Um, I saw Allie made a Christmas tree thing. Yeah, yeah, she had fun putting that together. She got a whole bunch of of soldering kits, kind of what she asked for. The thing is, she's like not super enthused, but you know, she likes bedging out in front of YouTube and whatnot as well. So mm-hmm. she's been splitting her time. I've been pulling her away from that. They both got Chromebooks for uh, Christmas. Ah. And um, so I had to figure out how to get Minecraft running on Chromebooks. <laughs> yeah. You have to install Crouton and then you run it in the Linux part, you know. And I have no idea what that is. Crouton's... Um, it's, a, kind of, it's a little piece of bread that you, you yeah, cook. Yeah, it's... Um, it's the like the it's an easy way to get um, out of the Chrome OS, I see, so Chrome so. UI, and into you know unlocking the power of your computer. And since uh, Minecraft is a Java, you know you can't run it in Chrome OS because they don't give you Java. Mm-hmm. So I had to install Crouton, which um, kind of sideloads. Um, you have to run the Chromebook in developer mode so you can run unsigned code. So every time you turn it on, it's like, this Chromebook is in developer mode, you know, mm-hmm. press space to disable, you know, that kind of thing. And um, and then just put you into a Linux shell and you can install Minecraft and whatnot. So the um, wasn't too bad to set up. And then, of course, now Ellie wants her other game, her Roblox. She wants that running on it. So and I'm going to run that in wine. <laughs> Uh, it, one thing that, that I missed this year, I, I, I like, you know, giving gifts and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I think it's fun and I didn't really have, because of, and I explained this to everybody because of this year, because of all the stuff that, uh, happened, you know, at the end of the year, stuff like that. Yeah. Wasn't, you know, wasn't going to be giving gifts this year. No, no one could, no one was, was upset about it, you know, and you know, why should they be? But I was upset because I enjoy giving gifts. Sure. And so it's, you know, it sucked that I didn't, but next year next year no worries on our side don't worry about kids kids understood i mean they asked right is greg bringing presents I'm like no not this year he you know it's expenses at the end of the year you know <laughs> they were flooded with gifts anyway yeah. so yeah not like it's anything important to them but uh yeah yeah so i mean our christmas was was good my uh nothing like the the awesomeness of two years ago or where uh my sister insulted my daughter. Oh, right, yeah, that that was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's mostly blown over. The thing is, Allie still talks about it, and Heather and I have done nothing to reinforce this. We just wanted to kind of disappear, mm-hmm. to evaporate, but it it made an impression on Allie, and she still talks about it. Well, then it. maybe you should talk to her about it. We talk, because, cause... Well, we've talked to Allie about it, but like. If we bring this up with my sister, how is it not going to sound like that we, you know, fed her this, you know, thing, you know? So be honest. Yeah. Just be honest. And if she can't take the honesty, well, then that's a different problem. (laughs) Yeah. But just be as honest as you possibly can. Yeah. I think Allie still remembers it. I think she just. 
be honest about you yeah. know the fact that you were insulted by two, but you held back, but Allie kept it, and you just wanted you want to because you don't want it to hurt Allie, and you don't want it to hurt Allie's relationship with her going forward. And you want to make sure that everything gets aired out in the open. Sunlight is the best disinfected in this case. Yeah, yeah. Good point. It's just, you know, a year went by, and like she still remembers. I'm like, oh, why can't you? <laughs> but it just made such a big impression. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, you know, both Heather and I were like not trying to reinforce it to just have that be a bad episode of family history and be done with it. And I, it just... I don't know if Allie is, you know, mature enough yet to, yeah. to have that kind of self-reflection and be able to, to, to understand that thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I mean, I, no psychologist don't take what I say as gospel, but it sounds to me like the best, the best thing you can do is to bring uh, your sister and your daughter together Explain to them freely what happened. Be very truthful about the whole thing, including your feelings for the whole thing and what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. But say, I don't want it to hurt your relationship because that's that's what the whole point is. So let's just get get all this open and, and solve it. But maybe ask somebody else before you do exactly what I tell you to do. <laughs> Probably a wise decision. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened? Uh it was a nice chill Christmas for us because like both of Heather's sisters, one was at Disney, the other one was in the Bahamas. So we actually did Christmas part one last week or a week mm-hmm. and a half ago or something. And then I did my parents' Christmas stuff. My mom always has like the extended family, like my cousins, basically my dad's siblings, like two or three generations come over to my mom's house on christmas eve so we go over before that early on christmas eve we open grandparents presents and stuff like that and cousin exchange presents with my sister and brother and then so when christmas day comes around we get up we open presents we have no place to go it's fantastic yeah it's really fantastic this is also a fun christmas because it was a white christmas yeah, barely, barely, barely. But, but it, there, there was, you know, there was snow on the. If ground. today would have been Christmas, you know, there was enough to go sled riding and play. Mm. You know, so the kids went sled riding today, so that would have been, you know, the kind of storybook Christmas right, if we right. woke up to today. But it all bleeds together anyway. It's a yeah. storybook holiday. Yeah, uh, I don't expect. I mean, I think this is where these sort of cold winters are going to start becoming more of a rarity. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah. You know they they will happen, but I I think that we we saw a pretty mild summer, and that to me was indicative of a more likely to be a case to have a harsher winter. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not a meteorologist either, so I'm not sure whether that was necessarily true. But just the the very basic understanding of meteorology that I had. If the average climbs. high is lower, the average low will be lower. That kind of thing. Sort of, yeah. Kind of a, a intuitive, um, you know, a red red sky at night, sailor at the light type type mm-hmm. aphorism that that has some has some uh, meaning behind it because red sky at night. Well, Trump gets it. So, <laughs> oh god. Anyway, look at that aphorism because there is some truth behind it because of what happens in the atmosphere oh, yeah. and the trade winds. Yep. Um, 
but I, you know, we're going through right now an interesting spell where where the Arctic, uh, we're getting that Arctic blast because the jet stream is disrupted. Okay. And uh, meanwhile, most of the rest of the world is much hotter than usual right now, but the East Coast of the United States is colder than usual. So therefore, global warming is false. Therefore. Therefore. Ergo. Yes. yes. Um, what I can see right now, yes. right in front of me, is the only thing that matters. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I didn't really... Heather and I didn't really exchange gifts this year either. So I, I was... Uh, if, if I did get myself a gift, I was going to get one of yeah, those... You were just showing me an oscilloscope. So, I mean, you've, well, you've gotten okay. yourself gifts and stuff over the course of a year. That's a tool, but yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess the oscilloscope's a gift. Um, yeah. Anything that's not necessary. Yeah. Right? I suppose. Okay, I got plenty of gifts. I got gifts out the wazoo. Yeah. My AliExpress shop, shopping addiction that I have. Mm-hmm. Stuff comes in the mail every day for, you know, a buck or two. Anything to, you know, to make life interesting is good. Yeah. It's, it's good to... And, I'm a fan of small, steady gifts to yourself because that that's what life's about. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's about trying new things and learning new things. Speaking of gifts to myself, Heather was on the whale hunt yesterday and noticed that Mad Max was tapping a keg of uh, Founders Canadian breakfast. Yeah, you sent seven me seven o'clock last yeah. night. Oh, pretty damn good. It's okay, been a, been a bunch of years. It was ten dollars for a nine ounce Jesus. pour. And um, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it was one. It was up there with like that beer we had uh, last week, that Imperial Stout that we had last week, dark from dark to dark or whatever from mm-hmm. uh, Jailbreak. Yeah, I mean it was up there with like that. Probably probably a slightly better than that one. So I mean it's a really yeah. Good the, beer. The, the one last one uh, last time was was very good, but not like not my favorite of those kind of stouts. So okay, um, that's probably why I, I only got second place for me. Right. Um, even though it was it was hitting a lot of good notes, but it was not it was not exceptional to me. It was it was just very good, and very good is fine and dandy. But uh, I don't know. It was also at fourteen percent. There's like <laughs> <laughs> there's so many factors that went into the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as as uh, the other one. Gotcha. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so let's see. I'm going to go through some of my tweets. Greg explains his tweets. Greg explains his tweets. Um, my most recent one was um, oh, not a Star Wars one. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> I might have. I I did see one of your Star Wars ones recently. Uh, episode seven, The Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Episode eight, The Force Wobbles. Episode nine, The Force Goes Back to Sleep. <laughs> the reason why. <laughs> I came up with that is because I was watching uh, some. Uh, I, I think I was reading something, and, and and in in the stuff I was reading, there were like links to reviews, and so I was just watching people's reviews of it. And it's really divisive. Um, this this particular Star Wars. There's a lot more people who hate this this Star Wars than like it, hmm. um, and that's interesting to me because I didn't hate it. I didn't like it very much, but I really didn't hate it. Didn't hate it like I hated Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Rogue One was like 
the reason I hated it were there were like very serious storytelling problems and then there was no there was no nothing for me to, to dig onto it so it just felt like a video game at the end when when it got competent you know, the action stuff which right. was competent for sure it just felt like a video game and I didn't care about anybody this one storytelling was all wrong but at least it had characters and there were interesting things that it tried to do and it failed but it tried to do interesting things and that gets some you know you get some credit for for that even being a spectacular even being a failure it wasn't just rote and didn't it didn't it felt like there was some creative energy put into it in in all the wrong ways in some cases but also there was a through line of the movie that i liked and all the jedi stuff mm-hmm. i kind of i liked i, I, I read it. a review i think it was in new york which is what most of the people who, who were talking about the movie hate is the jedi stuff i read it i was a new yorker i read a new yorker review about like the good and the bad and the guy guy was like kind of spot on kind of like talking about how the inter- you know kind of what we came up with last week the Jedi stories were the interesting stories. Kind of what you said about how, like, turns out there's not a wide universe there. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, like almost like he was listening to our show. <laughs> like, no, I don't mean I don't mean to take any credit at all. No, even the, jokingly. Yeah, I but, mean, most but, of my, but it's just you know we had very similar viewpoints. <laughs> most of my viewpoints are, are almost exactly the same as like the Red Letter Media guys, and and it's a because I think you like, but also because I, I watched their thing before mm-hmm. I you know talked to you. But I. Came up with my, you know, I talked to you a bit about, and I, tw- I think I, put, I tweeted about my review before any of that Red Letter Media stuff came out. So mm-hmm. I, I was on the, you know, we had yeah. the same opinion of it, which is it's a real mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw, I can't find it right now. I searched real quick. I saw a really funny meme. It was uh, Luke Skywalker, old Luke. And it was a quote from Mark Hamill talking about, like, you know, it's not my Luke. Jedis don't go and hide. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't go and hide or whatnot. And it's Obi-Wan saying, why well, hit on a Tatooine and change my name, hoping no one would notice. And then Yoda's saying, well, when Palpatine took over, I ran off and lived in a swamp for 40 right. years. <laughs> so it's kind of what we do. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting to me is how how much it ignores from the first one like it doesn't feel like like Empire Strikes Back felt like a continuation of the story from from Star Wars Uh, I'm not even going to get into the prequels because I don't think that they're important to talk about but they felt like they continued the story right and then Force Awakens is sort of like okay here's your new Star Wars Uh, and then this doesn't feel like it took any of the story beats and really continued them in fact it kind of just chopped them all off and then instead of then using that to subvert expectations and change the story, went right back to the beginning, which is just big empire. Well, the only expectations they subverted is that Ray is tied into the previous generation somehow. Well, <laughs> you know, like no, there's so many there's so many things that were set up that were not followed. Well, but through. The, but you know the the thing that people were like, oh, it's gonna be like. Vader and Luke, Ray's gonna be related to somebody, and you know that's just one of the many yeah. things. Like the whole storyline, the whole MacGuffin of the first movie was Luke's lightsaber and the map mm-hmm. to find Luke, uh, which was at least we were told in the first movie because Luke had hid that so if he was needed, he could be found. 
And then in this movie, he doesn't want to be found. He just wants to die. Why would he leave a map then, right? I mean, like, what was the whole movie previously about if this movie is going to change so dramatically the course that was set in the first one? Are these connected at all? Are we, are we like, in a parallel universe? Is it the mirror? I mean, we talked about this last week, and yeah, it's a a very good point. It's, they, they've, they've, um, flitted away like so many potential arcs Mm -hmm. from the original or from the, from, I'm sorry, from The Force Force Awakens. Which is why that, which is why I did the tweet because The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. something is starting up again, but here it's like, oh no, it's just, (laughs) it's just wobbly and no, and it's just going to go right back to sleep again because what was awakened? What, what was The Force Awakens about really in light of this movie? Maybe the plot they're setting up is that, you know, they're democratizing force sensitivity, right? Last Jedi, it's not going to be a select few that have it. You know, that kid, the this the stable boy has uh-huh. it, you know, maybe it'll be this. We, when I talked about the force, we talked about this two years ago, like the force having this emergent property right. because there was a, a vacuum and it was getting pulled into things, you know. Maybe this was just a very bad way of continuing that arc. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> but I'm not really that interested in seeing the next Star Wars. It's not like, I don't, I'm not like excited. I mean, I'm never, I'm, I'm not a super Star Wars fan, so I wouldn't be anyway. But they need the what double... I'm seeing is people are, you know, Star Wars fans are saying that they're not excited. Double down on Adam Driver. Now that will that will change, of course, when, when yeah. the new stuff comes <laughs> out. Fuck people yeah, it will. But if they continue to be... J.J. Abrams is directing this next one now, right? If it's just Empire facing rebels and there's a giant space sphere that shoots a weapon that destroys things... Yeah, well, it'll be half-complete giant space sphere. <laughs> but, it, but it, it is, will be a complete and fully functional... Right, if, if it's just another one of those, then there's really going to be some serious soul-searching on the part of Star Wars fans, I think, because at a certain point, people are going to say, "What am I? Do- why am I devoted to this if I'm not even really Maybe being Maybe the porks have evolved to like a woodland community and can build tree houses. Because <laughs> I'm going to ignore what you said because I want to continue my point. <laughs> but my, because my point is that after a certain, you know, if... The Star Wars machine is running on this nostalgia. If this, if the movies aren't enough to keep entertaining people, then that mm-hmm. nostalgia is going to fade. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're just going to repeat the same shit, people are not going to be interested. If they're, they have to make a really good movie, right? They have to make a movie that everyone kind of likes, and. That's not, it doesn't seem to be what the people behind Star Wars are trying to do. They're trying to more make a movie that's, that checks all these boxes as opposed to making a movie that is going to satisfy people. Where they could just easily make a Transformers version of Star Wars. Right. And yeah, a large audience would like it. 
I, I don't the international wanna, audience would love it. I don't want to disrespect the fact that there's so much effort being put into these things because there's a ton of effort. I mean, this mm-hmm. this this uh, this movie was beautifully shot. I think it was. I think it was directed pretty well. I think, especially from from a standpoint of like director photography, mm-hmm. it was really well done. Uh, just the story wasn't there. The the through line of what you know there was a there was a through line of this Jedi stuff which was interesting and then kind of fell off a cliff, but then there was this whole other hour and a half that was Ewok like in the in the sense that it was silly and inconsequential. Mm-hmm. It didn't have. I mean, it, it, the Porgs were a part of the Jedi thing instead of the Ewoks being a part of the other. <laughs> but right, they could have. You know, the, the Porgs are, are are just like the Ewoks. They're sort of just a not even a storytelling element in 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 this one. I suppose they're just they're just there to provide a little bit of visual humor, uh, merchandising. I don't. I mean, I guess merchandising, but I don't see. Are people really super excited about porgs? I don't know. I don't know. Jenny has that <laughs> four foot tall. Yeah, porg. yeah, but there was, but that's that's a joke, right? I mean, right. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, it is funny that they made one. <laughs> it's a it's a long way to go for a joke. Of yeah, how much that thing cost? <laughs> well, there's a whole. I remember seeing the the video of her going out to get it because she had to. So she sourced it from somewhere, and and they were like giving like they want it and. Of course, they didn't want it, so they're giving it away. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I find it very interesting, not because I don't want to rag on Star Wars all the time, because I don't really care that much about it, but as a cultural thing, it's interesting to me. And that that's what Star Wars is to me. That's why I was so fed up with Star Wars, because it's forced on you culturally. But now that there is something more than just straight adoration from people. This is much more interesting time for star Wars. And I think that there's, I'm like actually more interested in it than I was when rogue one was shitty and force awakens was just fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Because those were okay. I mean, it was just a rogue one. I I still, I I will, I'll die on this hill. I don't, it was not a good movie. (laughs) Uh, Force awakens is fine. It wasn't an exceptional movie, but it was fun, and, and it, it did the job of... This is what Star Wars is, remember? But I could hate Rogue One, even though all the Star Wars fans loved it, and still, like, it it, it, it just bugged me that they weren't seeing this, but the fact mm-hmm. that there's now, like, people hate this movie for different reasons, and I disliked it, and people like this movie for different reasons than, than the things that I liked, and there's so much different stuff out there. It's, like, yeah. it, it's a... It's... It's such a weird state that it's much more interesting to me. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but as they said in the Red Letter Media review, like if you can imagine, like the 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 stuff that you can imagine for making a movie about a like rebuilding the Republic or stuff is too dumb for star Wars because where's the shooty bits, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have that, it's, 
that uh, it was too smart for Star Wars. You got to have some shooty bits. You got to have some you know space sorty bits. That's all Star Wars is. Those are like primary components. You can't do Star Wars without them. People will go into fits. Yes, they will. Yeah. I just don't understand how all of the remainder of the New Republic was on what two star systems that were about a hundred yards apart. <laughs> there are so many loose ends, so many things that don't make any sense when compared to the other one. It, it's just narratively, it's a clusterfuck. Which movies get by by emotion, right? So, so it could be okay. All you gotta do is is stick in some lines to to smooth over these, you know, plot holes or, you know, mm-hmm. cover them up with a little bit of, of, of paste, wall paste. And as long as the emotional beats hit, you're fine. So when the emotional beats don't hit, then those cover up you put are really apparent. And if you don't cover them up, they're even more apparent. So could you have a Star Wars? This sounds like Star Trek, so I think your answer is going to be no, but... Star Wars, where a a new super technological species warps into the galaxy, mm-hmm. and everyone has to team up to fight them, you know, to fight the Borg. As long as they're <laughs> shooty bitch, yeah. sure. You know, it just seems like that make people's heads explode. Like, wait, what? There's something that can like wipe out the Empire without even the sneeze, you know? Mm-hmm. As as long as you have you know X, I mean, sure. What what Star Wars fan, what pure blooded Star Wars fan, wouldn't go crazy for X wings and Tie fighters fighting side by side mm-hmm. to destroy things, and you know, dark and light side lightsabering up with some new thing that's coming out to kill everybody, and having to put aside their differences, right? I mean, it, it's a it's a compelling story because it's a very classic one that mm-hmm. people can buy into, yeah. and you get all the shooty bits, and you get the all all the bits that are. Star and Wars. No one would be expecting it. <laughs> no one would be expecting it. So you can do that, but then of course the people would say, "Well, what about all these storylines?" But of course now you can say, "Well, there, <laughs> there aren't any. <laughs> there aren't any. There are none." So you you are wide open, but maybe maybe the, the uh, next Star Wars will just be you know Adam Driver easily taking over the galaxy again and like just dying of old age. <laughs> That's it. I mean, the, 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 the comparison is always to the Marvel movies, which they started and they built up this this universe, and they and they started small. They didn't have anything that, that was going to destroy the Earth until the Avengers, mm-hmm. and then then they did like another one that did was going to destroy it. So I mean, they, they got a little like, a little lazy, but then they got back together, and now they're doing a thing about the whole fucking galaxy. So. It feels like it's properly ramped up, and the through right. lines are are there throughout the stuff, and the movies have the right character beats. So that's why people are like excited about the Avengers stuff and aren't following and aren't excited about the DC universe, which jumps right into destroying the Earth, or the you know the stakes are immediately like as, as high as they can possibly get. What were the stakes of Iron Man? His company was going to be taken by whatever by some mm. other guy. Right. I mean that that's. You know, it's high stakes for Tony Stark if you care about Tony Stark, but it's not the, the fucking Earth is going to be destroyed. What was the, the stakes of Man of Steel? The fucking Earth was going to be destroyed. What was the stakes of Batman were stupid? The Earth was going to be destroyed. Yeah. Good thing we have superheroes. The Earth <laughs> would be destroyed. <laughs> um, the stakes are like refreshingly low on, say, 
Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They're Spider-Man. So, when they get raised, but they're never, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to destroy the Earth. Right. Star Wars. Another tweet I had was, uh, part of the joy I get from learning physics is that I really start to understand what it means to laugh. It's hard to tell exactly which is more absurd and convoluted, how we perceive the universe or the universe itself, but either absurdity is deeply amusing. This came because of... Uh, I, I was in the physics forum on Reddit, and there was a post about this uh, Sunday morning breakfast cereal cartoon. I don't know if you heard of that site. Let me find it for you. So I, and I'll just read the post. <laughs> now I have to find it. Yuck. Sunday morning breakfast cereal. Sorry. It's okay. I don't got no place to be. Okay. Why is quantum mechanics so weird? Right, and this is the uh, the comic, and I'll let you read the comic. Okay. So you can tell people what it. All right. So single use lubricated monocles. The title of the comic strip, or no, no, no. no. Oh, okay. God, why is quantum mechanics so weird? It's Noah's. F- oh, God speaking down. It's Ooh. Noah's fault. After the flood, I wanted to make a rainbow for him. In order to make a rainbow, you have to break light into wavelengths. When it encounters a new medium. Well, it turns out that if you want to twiddle with a bunch of aspects of the universe, adding weird stuff like proton superposition and probability amplitudes, but every time I fixed one thing, something else seemed to break. So I kept changing things and changing things, and the system got more and more hacky as time went on. Finally, it got so fundamentally ugly, I added uncertainty so nobody could look too close. (laughs) That explains it all. The guy speaking, that explains all of physics and what you said after, said to know after the flood. Exactly. 4,000 years earlier. Never again. <laughs> right, so that's a, it's a, it's a clever, you know, little, little thing. But, so, the, so in, in the comments, somebody had posted, as a physics major, uh, or is it? As a physics major, this is more right than it's becoming more and more clear that this is definitely true, which I thought was funny. Uh, and then somebody else responded, "As a physics major, it's just a silly joke." And I responded to the second guy saying, "Of course it is, but as a physics major, you must realize the irony. Of course it's a silly joke. After all, isn't everything?" Uh, sometimes I think the beauty of understanding physics is that you really know what it is to truly laugh. Like, when you start to understand these things, it's just absurd. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it's in two states? It's in multi... It could be in infinite places at once? Well, that's how we do the calculation. But no, that doesn't make sense. You have to have 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 variables. No, we tested it. They don't. They actually don't have properties. What? It's just... when When you come to the realization that it is this absurd. It's 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 like it's a belly laugh of sorts. It's, <laughs> okay. it's it's very very absurd how the universe is put together from our perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, all of all of your classical ideas just fly out the window when you look at like quantum mechanics. It's just nope. All that stuff you thought 
retrain your mind because it, it, it takes on a totally different aspect. Um, and that was the point of that tweet. I love how the comics written how like God is applying a patch to the universe. And yeah, it keeps breaking. Things. Yeah, it's it's a very. It, it also makes sense from a, from, a, from a developer standpoint, right? Okay. Because if you're Everything just gets so hacky that eventually you're just like, okay, we're just <laughs> yeah, futz this out. Yeah, I think that's part of why the joke has such a good feel to it because mm-hmm. he's talking like a developer who applied a patch and right. just broke more shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like, God, no, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Legends of the game, <laughs> never doing that again. So let's go on to the show. I think. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> 